And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John we are back to weighing in podcast coming to you from another hotel room because we're on the road way too much <sighs> my man josh thompson has been tearing up the islands of hawaii tearing up people that are doing stupid things <laughs> getting himself into mike tyson like trouble i love that and we're gonna sit here and talk about some of the fights that went on this weekend we had a plethora of fights we had the pfl we had bellator we did have the ufc also and we also had boxing with tyson fury taking on dylan white what do you think what should we talk about first let's let's talk tyson fury real quick i think okay. tyson fury basically announced his retirement in the back locker room that after. ain't happening yeah lie liar he seems like a man of his word. <laughs> oh, I love this. I'm, great. I'm just but being honest. To retire. I mean, I think if there's a fight that does uh, present itself, like the Anthony Joshua fight, if that one comes about, maybe the Jake Paul fight. <laughs> <laughs> love to see yeah. that. I'd love to see that oh, fight. Oh, that would be... Yes. That would be both horrible and unbelievably it fantastic. It would be so amazing. So amazing. <laughs> Maybe good. him and Logan Paul I together. I think we should start that. That You know when you see the Russian fights? Yeah, where you the there's like, where they got three guys yeah, on yeah. one or something you like that. You get Jake Paul, Logan Paul against Tyson Fury. I don't know. Logan's got wrestling. Yeah, but it's a boxing match. They have to box him. Yeah, I think Tyson could beat him. I think Tyson beats them in, both together. In MMA also. <laughs> just... just, just What's that? Remember the thing? Remember the game where the the creature came up out of the thing and you had to hit it? Bot, was it bot, whack a mole? Bot, whack a whatever. Whack a mole. What's it called? Whack a mole. It's whack a mole. Whack a mole. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. He being. would just be like, yeah. <laughs> Logan would go this way, and he'd be like, bam, and then Jake would go this way, bam, and it just Big Brother stuff. All right, this podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. John, MyBookie.ag. We actually made a lot of people some money this week by using our promo code, WayneIn. Go to MyBookie.ag. You could have made some good money off the fact that Arlene Blanco, she went the distance with Cyborg. Not only that, she gave her a hell of a fight. We talked about the improvements. We talked about what her game plan may be going into this. And she came out and performed. Also talked about Justin Kish being a tough fight for Alima. Yes, that was a that was a big that was a big win. If you guys went to mybookie.ag, a lot of money took there. that fight, and you guys put some money down, hundred bucks, two hundred bucks, whatever it you was, won like three or four hundred, you would have won some money there. So, on top of all that, go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne in. There's also a QR code that Podcast Dave will put up. It's a little bit, I think, this direction. So you guys hit on that QR code, which is that way there, that way right there. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. They'll give you a little extra spending cash with your first initial buy-in. And hopefully you guys can use that little extra spending cash to make some good money and... Make big money and buy a new home. Big money, buy a new home, yeah. With interest rates going up. But whatever. Hey, myboogie.ag, use that promo code WAYNEIN. Are we going to sit here and pretend like he's not the best heavyweight in the world? And not only that, but he's probably the one of the best, if not the best ever. Look, there's certain elements you got to take a look at this with, with him. At six foot nine, he's huge. Yeah. Okay. He's six foot nine. He's weighing in. You know, what did he weigh in at this one? 270 something? He was, he was lighter, though. Was like, well, was he lighter? In this yeah, one? yeah. So he, he was, was lighter, lighter during his last one with uh, Deontay. Okay. But I mean, still a big, big yeah. man. 
and a big man that can actually box. Yeah. He's got movement. He's hard to hit. I love, you know, he, he does all the things, you know, if you go back and watch Ali when Ali would put his hands on the ropes and just head movement, he does the same thing. You know, he does those things because the guy can actually box. He's got great foot movement. He hits people from all different angles. There is no heavyweight right now that can touch him. Yeah, I just don't see it. I'm just looking back in history, though. I'm, I'm, I like what he does with the Ali effect. You know, he does move his head. He does the shaky shimmies. He does all that stuff. He's got quick hands. He he knows how to use his hands in the right times in terms of he doesn't have to always try to knock you out. He pats you a little bit and he moves his oh, body off line, creates angles, and then reattacks with harder shots. And he doesn't try to hit you hard all the no. time. He's got the entire Nate Nick Diaz system of, I'm just going to touch you every now and then. I'm going to fucking put the wood to you with one yeah. of these. And eventually, it's going to put you out. And it does. You know, and it, we can sit there and you know, we brought up Mike Tyson. You know, I love Mike Tyson. He's one of my favorites of all time. You know, people look at him like, you, I'm telling you, Tyson Fury would have eaten Mike up. Yeah. Because, you know, but Tyson had a hard time with guys like that side. Look when he fought Lennox Lewis. Look when he fought Buster Douglas. The size and the reach and those, that type of body frame he had a hard time with for a while. The ones that didn't have the mobility. Yeah. Like Buster Douglas had never fought a fight the way he had fought Mike Tyson. How he was sticking the jab and using his footwork and moving and staying out of line. Yeah, a lot of movement, especially in those first two rounds, three rounds. Um, but 42 Fury, to 1. Yeah, Fury, though, Fury is just a mountain of a man. I mean, he's got a great chin. We saw that against Deontay Wilder. Um, he took some big shots, got dropped, but he got back up like the like the, the Undertaker. Undertaker. The Undertaker. <laughs> right? Podcast David had to include you into this somehow. Yeah, we somewhere. figured you'd get that WWE fucking fix real quick. That's the only way you can get your attention in our, as our producer talking about the WWE. Um, <laughs> so, but overall, though, overall, uh, I, I don't want to say here and pretend like he's probably not the best heavyweight boxer of all time. He's, he's up, up there. there. He's up there. You got to give man a guy. The dude's got skills, and they, there's like, fights to be had for him, though, John. There's fights to be. Had. Was that your damn phone? No, I think that was. <laughs> but it's your fault. Amateur hour over here. <laughs> um, look, <laughs> it, there's fights to be had, though. There's there's still uh, what's his name? Usyk. No, it's still, not. There's still him. No, it's not my phone. It's not your phone. Not there's me. still Usyk. There's still uh, Anthony Joshua. There's still. <sighs> I used Who to else? think Anthony Joshua would actually be a good fight for him. No, I don't think so. No, I'm just. I don't yeah. think he has. I, I don't think, think he has a chance. No. I don't know if he. I don't know if he gets out of the six, seventh round. I was saying to say four or five. But yeah. I, I could see maybe getting to the six. Nothing against Anthony Joshua. No, he's a great, extremely really talented, good fighter. Extremely talented. Yeah. I know I've gone hard on the paint on him a couple of times, but I, I, mean, I still think he's a really good boxer. I just don't think he's good. Okay, as let's good. let's put the one out there that you know the man that was in the ring with him at the end. Yeah. Francis Ngannou. Ah. Do you think that one's going to happen? I, I, I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know. The UFC. Here's the thing: is I think the UFC will do whatever they can to stop that fight from happening. But hold on, Francis was on the last fight of his contract, mm-hmm. so he can negotiate with whoever he wants. Now the UFC can always match. Yeah, but they can't match what a boxing contract would be. No. I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't want it. I don't think they would. And just to be honest, not for Francis. Francis is. I think he's a great heavyweight. I think he's a. He's fun to watch. But let's be honest, he doesn't bring in the numbers they would need for him to bring in to pay him what boxing was pay, would pay yeah. him for the one fight. Okay. But I, I, I would tune in to watch that fight. I think Tyson would eat him up. Oh. I think Tyson Fury would eat him up. But no doubt about it. Look at if. But I would tune in if Deontay Wilder. Look, Deontay Wilder hits like a fucking truck. Yeah. Dude, his right hand is fucking. TNT. 
not that Francis doesn't hit, but Tyson's been in there with people that hit just as hard yeah. as Francis does. And boxing-wise, just the style, I mean, come on. It's, it's night and day. I love Francis. He's a great MMA fighter. He's fun to watch, but he cannot box. Now, if it was an MMA fight... I would go with Francis Ngannou, of course. Yeah, but if in a boxing, yeah, you know, he's not going to stay with. Him. I, I, I just don't see. Here. I don't see any way that he, outside of not landing that knockout blow, but then it's gonna be a lot harder for him to land that because Tyson Fury's really just going to cover up for two rounds, and then Ngannou won't be the same fighter anymore. Yeah, he will slow down the punch output, the um, the bigger gloves. He's not actually. easy to hit. He's not easy to hit. I mean, to hit clean anyways. The way he rolls yeah. the shoulder, he is fight. He is taller and bigger than than uh, Ngannou as we saw which is pretty impressive yeah. since if you've been around Francis you go that's a big dude yeah you're a big ass dude so uh, overall I mean we didn't really even talk about his fight we just know that he's good this is true <laughs> we didn't talk about his fight at all alright let's talk about his fight with Dylan White what did you think I thought it was it was a masterpiece. I thought he did exactly what he needed to do. And like you said, the Nate Diaz thing. Shoe shine, shoe shine, shoe shine. Yep. Bop, bop, bop. Great footwork, as always. Um, never was in it seemed like he was in any any of any trouble. trouble. Just control the whole the whole situation, the whole fight. Um, I thought overall, just I hate to see him leave on a fight like that. If he does retire, let's just be real. If he does retire, he's not retiring. If he does retire, John. He's not retiring. John. John, stick with me, okay? I'll stick with you. Stay with if me. he does retire. Yes, if he does retire, retire. I would hate for it to be on a fight where he was so dominant. I would like <laughs> to see him fight someone there where he is challenged. I don't know if that's who? not... Francis is not going to challenge him. Who? The only guy would really be who? Anthony Joshua. I'd like to see Usyk fight. Usyk. Usyk is the one I like to see. Yeah, Usyk's not going to be fighting for a little bit here. Why is that? I didn't hear. Usyk's I fighting in a war. Oh, along with sorry, the Klitschko brothers and one of our champions, okay. a guy named Amazon. I, I was thought I thought something like I thought you were thinking like injury. No, 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 I was hurt. I was like, what? I didn't hear anything about that. Gotcha. No. So gotcha. Josh sometimes is a little slow. Okay, just <laughs> bear with me. But, uh, I'm I mean, tired. Time change. You know, getting in fights, all those things. <laughs> Mike Tyson did it. Mike Tyson did it. Yeah, that guy deserves it. Yeah. Oh, your guy deserves it too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, John's always trying to throw me under. <laughs> ah, no, no, I loved it. All right. So, um, overall, though, great performance. Congratulations to Tyson Fury. Yeah. And um, he's a stud. I hope. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again. Yeah. See. Hello. <laughs> he said it's not retired. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's talk. We're going to talk the main event of the PFL. Oh yeah. Which. If you guys went to mybookie.ag, you could have made some money off that fight as well because we said that Clay Collard would give Jeremy Stevens some, fight, some, some problems. There's a good chance that he could beat him depending on how serious Jeremy Stevens took Clay Collard. Which he did take him Which serious. he did. He did. It, John, when I when you said that that Clay won the fight and, he, and, I, and, and it was unanimous though, yeah. it was 30, I was thinking that it was going to be like a, a domination. No. It was a close, it was, rounds were close. Close damn fight. Yes, yes. I thought there were moments, Clay hit Jeremy with more shots. Yep. No doubt about it. Definitely went to the body, like we always talk yes. about. Went to the body beautifully. That's what he did with Pettis. But Jeremy landed some big, heavy shots at times, man. I thought it was a close fight. I had it 29-28, but I thought that, you know, it could have gone. What round did you way. give Jeremy? 
Oh, I think it was the second. Okay. I think I gave Jeremy the first. It might have been the first. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I had like I two beers in me, like two or three beers in me yeah. when I watched it. So <laughs> I, I, I really guy. thought Jeremy fought, you know, dude, he was hitting him with big shots. And Clay does yes. what he does. And he's got an awkward style that he, you know, moves in and out. I, I love the fact when he, get, he got to the one point and he starts, he's, he starts doing, yeah. his, he's doing his footwork. And I was like, hey, that's Clay. That's if, all right. If Jeremy would have hit me like that in the head, my face would have came. In. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's how bad. That's how hard he was hitting Clay Collard, and Clay just dude just, turned his head and went back at it. I was like, that's the one thing shit. that Clay does so well. He'll roll with that yeah. shot. You see him. He'll actually he'll see it just at that moment. He's turning with it, so it does touch, but it takes a lot of the steam off of it. It was a great fight, and man, hats off to Jeremy Stevens. I thought Little Heathen fought his ass off. Yeah. That was the kind of fight that, although he lost, I know he fucking loved that fight. Yeah. I know that he fucking was like, that's what I like to do. Not someone that's trying to sit there and, you know, crowd me and fucking stuff what I do. A guy that wants to stand out there and brawl with me and Clay Collard did. And the PFL put that fight up as one of your highlight fights because it was... It was a great fight. A great fight. It was a great fight. Not only that, but I mean, do we, are we just going to start calling Clay Collard this, the, the spoiler? Oh. I mean, he's coming in spoiling all these guys' debut. I mean, Anthony yeah. Pettis, now Jeremy Stevens. I mean, I'm wondering who's, yeah, who's next. next. Thank you who's very much. Next? You know, so um, this is a loss though, right? Is it, this was, this, was this the start of the tournament? That's to start the tournament. Okay. So now Jeremy's going in with no zero points. Zero points, and Clay's coming in with one. Three. Two. Three? I thought it was. No, three. Three. You get three. Six for. Six if you win in the first round. Oh. Six if you win. Five if you win in the. Second. Second. Four if you win in the third. And if it goes to a decision, you get three. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I mean, the scoring to me, it makes it fun. It makes it fun. It's hard to follow along. It is. If you don't follow it consistently. And it's also, it's backwards because you can have a guy that, and it's my only problem with the tournament. I understand what the PFL is trying to do. I'm not putting them down in any way. But when you have one like, you know, they have fights where they'll take two good guys and th- those guys match up well and so it goes to a decision and mm. it was a great fight yeah like this so now jeremy has zero points now someone else is going to fight a first round fight and they'll give the guy someone you go yeah, that's not competition for him he wins he'll win in the first round he's got six points he didn't fight a hard fight yeah he got an easy one. He's got six points. Jeremy's at zero. So now Jeremy yeah. comes back and wins one and even beats that guy, we'll say. But unless he gets the six points, that guy's going to go to the freaking into the playoffs, if yeah. they call it, while Jeremy sits at home. That's my yeah. only problem with it. The other thing, though, too, they don't always all fight each other. No. Right? So there's not like everyone, like, the, there's not like six guys in the tournament or nine guys in the tournament. They don't all fight each other to see who actually who has the best score. So, like, in Which tournament really play for soccer, you can't, soccer, do, you can't do that. It takes too long. But I'm simply saying, like, in soccer, right? That's my whole point. It's not even. For the World Cup, you've got four teams or five teams, whatever, in, 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 one, in one bracket. They all play each other. And then they find out the top three teams or whatever go. So it's that's that's the only problem I have kind of with with the way they do it. Maybe they should have separate brackets where all three fighters fight each other. You know, yeah. they do what we you know kind of how the World Cup is. Yeah, you have three fighters or four fighters. They all fight each other, and then the the top two guys go. Because in some ways, it's yeah. just it it doesn't equal out. Yep, I get what you're saying, and that's where I have the problem with it. Because especially when you have a guy that he beats the person in this, and this guy goes because he had had that first round. It's like. He beat him. How can he go ahead of him? 
It doesn't yeah. make sense, but it's the point thing. But Clay, Clay Collard is not to be overlooked, you guys, and we've been saying this for the longest time. John actually turned me on to him, not in that way. John, John, <laughs> John, that way. John turned me, you know, when he was getting ready to fight Pettis, I was like, oh, Pettis should be able to, you know, I pick him apart. Da, da, da. Yeah. Clay walked through the shots, it worked the body, caused some big problems for Pettis, and uh, ended up getting the win. And it was one of the, one of the differences that I saw in Clay in this fight. You know, one of the, one of my you know, when we talked about, it, I said, look. Clay is good. He's got great skills. He's got good boxing skills, but he does tend to burn out a little. He gets tired mm-hmm. in the third round, and that's usually a problem. He didn't get tired. No, he looked he, good. He obviously has done things to to work on that cardio, and because he was taking big shots, and when you take big shots, that tends to empty your gas tank yeah. also. And man, he was he was in that sucker. So congratulations yeah. to Clay, man. That was a hell of a performance. Yep, yep, I agree. All right, so look, we have a lot of. Um, we're, I'm going to uh, be upfront and honest with you guys right now. We have a lot of Bellator to talk about, so uh, bear with us on that as well. But I'm going to let you guys know. John and I didn't get a chance to really watch. The, all of the UFC no, fights. I watched them. He watched them, but I also don't. I'm not going to comment on it. I didn't watch any of them. Um, it's been a busy week here in Hawaii, not just, you know, <laughs> but it's been a busy, busy week. So with USO tours and military stuff. So I'm going to save my comments. If John wants to make some marks on, uh, remarks on the, on the UFC, I'm going to save my comments for when I watch it and I'll be back home and our midweek show, I will do the full breakdown with John on that side. Well, then I'll just wait. You'll just wait. So, um, I know you guys probably came here for some UFC talk as well, but, uh, I'm going to make sure that I get a chance to watch it. I don't want you guys to burn me in the comment section like you guys like to. It's okay. That's why I don't read them. See, I don't worry. Go ahead. Burn away. I love it. Burn away. I love it. I like to know. I like to know these things. You know, I want to hear what, I want to hear what the latest uh, words are about me. The latest trash. All right. Well, let's get into it. Podcast day. Pull up the uh, Bellator card. Okay. The Friday night one. Two seven. We'll start with two seventy eight. Yep. Thank you. So, I would like um, to start with the beginning one. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Our podcast is a little bit behind. Uh, where would you like to? Let's start with the main event. Eight fights. Let's talk about the main event because it's got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 start with the main event. Juliana Velasquez versus Liz Carmouche. Um, John, I thought I had. Juliana had 3-0 going into the fourth. I had her losing the fourth. She had, she had two judges yes. that had her at 3-0. Okay. One judge had her at 2-1. Yeah, they, I could see that. One judge gave Liz the first round, and I could see that. I think I gave Liz the first round, and it Which was, was based, wrong. Based, <laughs> it could have been. Uh, it was you know based upon output, and she was coming forward, and I thought landing, it was the leg kicks was yeah. really the difference, in my okay. opinion, in that first round. Uh, they both landed shots a little bit in the stand-up. Obviously, Juliana had the left hand that was like a laser. It just kept on hitting the, the mark on uh, yeah. Liz throughout the fight. But no, there's no way you could have had that fight any other way than at least two rounds to one yep. for Velasquez going into that fourth round. Yeah. I saw, I, I had it 3-0 for Juliana. Um, two other judges, as you said, had it 3-0 for yep. her. Yep. Uh, it was, I thought, but the, here's the thing. The first round was very close. I understand the two one. The second and third round were not close at all. No, Juliana won those rounds outright. Um, she dropped her, I believe, in the second and yep. in the third round. Both rounds, yep. she dropped her. She dropped her twice. <clears throat> she dropped her twice. I had her. I had her starting to kind of like run away with the fight. But then the fourth round came, 
and the and then Liz something switched in Liz a little bit. She realized that like, hey, this fight's I'm getting away from me. I'm letting this away. slip away from me yep. again. Yep. By the way, I agree. And so she started picking up the pace, and Juliana got put on her back foot, and she's like, oh, what's going on? This is different, you know. And that's kind of how Liz started the fight too. Yes. That's why Liz started winning that first round. Yep. But then Juliana's like, wait a second, what am I doing? Yep. And she started touching her, started pressing her to the fence, started doing all the things she needed to do, and um. So I had a 3-0 going into the fourth. Liz started, uh, Liz made a switch. She made some changes and started putting Juliana on her back foot. Then she gets, they get like a reversal. It was like a reversal, right? In that? They hit the ground. She's on top. She ends up getting in the crucifix position. And we are talking championship rounds. We are talking championship rounds. We are talking the champion is on bottom. She's taking elbows, but there are actually like just elbows pressed against the face doing this. And they're like just little chopping. Yeah, just rubbing the forearm along the face. There was two elbows that did land clean. But you've got to give. You've got if you don't see blood, if you don't see a cut, if you don't see the eye, like if you don't see her eyes roll back in her head, you need to make sure that you allow the fight to continue. You have to give that champion the opportunity to go. Not to mention, I know that, and I know we've talked about this before. If, there, if there's only, and I know judge, I know refs don't care about this, but fighters do. If there's only eight seconds, ten seconds left, you just need to let me take my ass kicking for those eight seconds. I'm sorry, especially with the belt on the line. But doesn't matter. I know. I know it doesn't matter to the ref because we're looking at fighter safety. But she was sure she was in a bad position. But I've seen in the history of this sport, a la Matt Hughes, BJ Penn, he took. Punches and punches. What are you talking and nasty. about? I did that fight. What are you talking about? Yeah, he took a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> took a lot of damage. <laughs> Why? Because you let him go. Because he was the champ. He was the champ. That's right. Let it be. Let him go. Overall, you have to let that fight go. And this is where I'm right. <laughs> you know, you are. And this is where I, I take a lot of flack from him. I said, look, not all fights are the same. Yeah. You cannot referee all fights the same. You want to always protect the fighter. Yes. And this is where Mike Beltran ended up making what, in my opinion, was a mistake. Is as the referee. Would you say, in his opinion, it was a mistake? Yes. I would tell you, in his opinion, it's a mistake. Yeah, okay. But it's a matter of you, you, you want to protect the fighter. Yeah. You, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. You don't want to be responsible for anyone getting hurt. But as a professional fighter, that's part of what you sign up for. Mm-hmm. That is part of the job description. You are going to get damaged. What we don't want as the official is for you to receive what we call unnecessary damage. And there's a difference. There's a difference in those unnecessary damages when you have been damaged, you've been hurt, you're on the ground, and you're now not doing anything to defend this. And now that becomes unnecessary damage because you've already proven that you've been hurt. You can't stop what's occurring. You're just taking going to take more unnecessary damage when you've proven you're really not in this fight anymore. Yeah. Juliana was definitely in the fight. So it had never reached the point where I thought she even received what I would call damage. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I, was, I had a famous, you know, like, I guess, beef with Roy Nelson. And I, and I love Roy. It's not that I don't, I don't like Roy. But Roy was, you know, in the back. I would, you know, we talk about going in the back and talking to fighters and stuff. And, you know, I came in the back and I mm -hmm. talked to you. Mm -hmm. And everything is about, you know, that communication that you have. And sometimes it's a very short conversation. And sometimes it's a pretty long one, you know. Yeah. And with Roy, it was always a long one. Because Roy was always the guy trying to push things into a certain corner that would benefit him as the fighter. And, yeah. I, and I don't blame him for that. But, you know, one of the things that Roy would talk about is getting in that crucifix position. And he would say, he goes, you know, I, I'm going to do this. I'm telling you right now. And I'm just going to start counting. He says, and I know you're going to have to stop it. And I go, Roy, let, let me make this as clear as I can for you. You can get someone in a crucifix position. I said, great. I said, you can start landing shots. I said, you can count to 100. And I'm going to tell you, you better go to 101 and 102 and 103 because you're not doing damage <clears throat> to that person. Yeah. I said, or you could go to two. And you're the next thing you're going to hear out of me is stop because I'm stopping the fight because you have done serious damage to them. It's not the amount of shots that you land. It's the damage that occurs from those shots that we're going to go off of. And he was always, you can't do that. You got You can't tell me that if I hit him a hundred times, you don't think that's going to be damaging. I said, I don't know. I will find out when we're in yeah. there though. I said, and if it's not damaging, you're going to know because I'm not going to be stopping it. And these are the things that sometimes happen. Well, in this position, you know, Juliana, the time, Mike didn't even know how much time was yeah. left, really. So that's not even an equation in it. And so Juliana, when she gets in that position, look, is she in a bad position? She is. And I will tell you, and I tell fighters all the time, and I told Roy Nelson this. I said, look, stop doing this with punches and start doing that with elbows. Yeah. Referees tend to get much more skittish and quicker to stop a fight when you are landing bone-to-bone -bone elbows than you are when you're landing that punch. I said, because it does more damage. They can hear it. And that's a big part of it. You know, as the person sitting at home, you don't hear it the same way as, you know, what is actually occurring. You hear that bone-to-bone -bone clash. You hear how hard it is. So look, let's just be honest. It was early. And Mike was trying to protect her when he should have. At this point, he, you got to let that one go. Yeah. And uh, the unfortunate part for me in this is, first off, Beltran's a great referee. Yes. Okay. He's human. One my, he's one of my favorites. He's Better human, and he made a mistake. But he's, he's man enough to say, "I made a mistake." Yeah, yeah. He, he's okay. definitely a better ref than you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. But the other part is, I feel bad for Liz. Yeah. Because, see, Liz went out there, and all Liz did was what she was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. She went after winning the fight. She got a great position. She went after landing shots, and the referee pulled her off. Mm -hmm. She did nothing wrong. And there's people that are bad-mouthing her no. when she didn't do anything yeah. wrong. She's the champ. That's just the way it is. Do I think that Juliana should protest this? I talked to her. We talked to her. Yeah. I said, look, this is what you should do, and this is what you should say. And I do that because it's what's right. You know, she had an undefeated record. A mistake has put her in a position where she not only lost that undefeated record, she lost that title. It, when, when the person who was the guy that made that, you know, judgment says, I made a mistake, really what you have is, you know, they, they should at least go back and take and put a no contest on it and take away the loss and put them back together and let them do it again.
Yeah, I, I yeah. don't. I here's the thing. I don't see them changing it to no contest. Yeah, I've, they might not. I've dealt with commissions. They're ridiculous. Um, <laughs> they want to pretend like, like, well, they don't make mistakes. But and no, they don't no, change, no, no, no. They don't want to change things because they don't want to look the bad. Personality of the fighter. You have a horrible personality. Yeah, this is true, okay. but <laughs> this is very true. This is very true. I know it's so weird how when you stand up for yourselves, how people don't like that. Exactly. It's just random. What is wrong with you? So weird. Oh, man. <laughs> A bunch of Mike Tysons running around. <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, but I, 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 don't, I don't think they're going to overturn it. She's going to end up with that loss on her record. She might. Uh, but I do think now that Alimale, she came up short in her fight, I do think that they need to run that back as fast as possible. Um, that fight needs to happen again. Liz and Julia. Yes. I think they should have done it anyways, but I do know there was a hint at potentially Alimale fight and Liz Carmouche, only based on the fact that they used to be training partners and they wanted to get that fight out of the way so they can move on and potentially start training together, together and you know working together again. How does that fight stuff. make it to where they can move on and possibly start training? That doesn't make sense. Someone's going to win. Donna. Could be, but it could be the same thing that happens again. Possibly. I mean, possibly, yeah. You never know. You trained with Gil before. Yeah. And you guys fought three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are you but here's the thing. Our fights were very good, like in terms of action. Wow. Yeah, in action. Good. Action. Yes. I know my arms a little tight. But you know what? I can't do it myself. I hate to say that those were good. That's do, possi possibly the greatest trilogy. No, no, not possibly. They possibly. They definitely possibly. were. The only one I would compare it next to would be the Hendo and uh, uh, Shogun. There was only two. I thought there was three. There was two. No, didn't they fight in... Uh... Dave, look it up. Two. I think there was two. They fought in California at USC 139. No, they fought Pride before that. Did they find Pride? I believe so. I, I know Vanderlei so. and, and or was it fought in Pride. I'm I'm pulling up right now. Maybe it was Ninja. Maybe he uh, fought Ninja. So, he might have fought his brother. So they fought at UFC Fight Night 38 in 2014. They fought at UFC 139. Headlined. I thought they fought. I thought they fought before all that. No, maybe not. No, no, just two. Interesting. Who's uh, Murillo here? They fought in Pride. Not that's not him though. That's his brother Ninja. So that's who I thought. Okay. okay. So they fought oh. in Pride. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> John's arm was tired from patting me on the back, so I had oh, I, I had to reward. I had to reward him and pat him on the back. He finally got one right. Oh man, just one. Um, I don't think they're. I think we're gonna end up having to watch that go. But yes, yeah, so to answer your question, then I just answered the question for me. I think you did. We have. We have the. We have the oh. Oh, there it is. Okay. Go back to that one now. That was good. That was good. Showtime did a whole special on that fight. Did they? they all, all three fights. Really? Yeah. Uh, they yep, were, you know, I got to admit, they were fantastic. Josh watches on repeat every Sunday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should actually make you sit down and actually you can learn something about fighting. Ooh. Podcast, Dave. <laughs> sit down and watch. It has all aspects of fighting. Well, it's MMA. I know. It's not the WWE. We get it. Um, look. Okay. So what was the next fight on that card? All right, so then you had uh, Enrique Barzola and Nikki uh, Mikhailov. John, I gotta be—I gotta be honest, man. I, I, um, Barzola trains at AKA. Uh, I thought he was tough. I thought he was good. You didn't think he'd win? I didn't think he was gonna win. I know. I thought Nikita was gonna just. <laughs> Stick and move. I thought he was going to out-technique him. He was going to control the top pressure and make it a boring kind of fight because that's what you have to do against Barzola because he's going to still be there. Barzola won that fight from the from the opening bell. Oh, yeah. There was never a moment he was losing that fight. <sighs> he dominated the whole thing. I, 
I, overall, he just looked great. Yeah. And man, his pressure was fantastic. And it was funny because when we did the fighter interviews, when we talked to Mikhailov, we, you know, his, his, one of his things he said is, you know, tell me why you, tell me how, you know, how you get, when you're going to win, how you're going to win. Yeah. I'm younger. I'm younger. And I was like, Oh, younger, okay. Yeah. And it really worked against him. Yeah. Because fight IQ wise, he didn't know how to stop what Barzola was doing. He didn't understand how to deal with the pressure the same way. And it just was this ever it was a current. Yeah. You know, and he was swimming against the current. He's going upstream and it just to the point where he just got you know, washed away by it. You know, I, like an old story that I have from from AKA was um at 23 years old, Nikita's 23 years old. Yep. At that age, I didn't know how to handle that type of pressure either. It wasn't until I started training with Bob Cook and Frank Shamrock that I realized how to start handling that type of pressure. Someone that just walks you down. They're not afraid of your punching. Nope. They're not afraid of your kicks. They're not afraid because of your wrestling. Because mentally it screws with you. Yeah. It does. And when that happens, like I used to just fold up. Like I just used to fold up and just basically like. What do I do? Yeah, I would just panic sometimes and just like circle, circle. You get so gassed, you're almost like just shooting desperation doubles. And Nikita had nothing, man. Barzola just was putting it on him the whole fight. He was just beating him to the punch and everything, making him work so hard. And every time he got to the feet, just walking him down, landing shots. He made me a believer in that one fight and what he did and the oh, amount man. of pressure. Because when you look go back and look at the Darian Caldwell fight, he didn't win one second of the first two rounds. No. He was actually losing the beginning of the third round. Yep. And then it just the pressure got pressure to pressure gassed uh, Darian Caldwell and Barzola was still there, showing his uh, warrior spirit, as I like to say for him. And he just he put it together. He looked, he looked amazing in this fight. Different fight than when he fought Darren Caldwell, but yeah, he looked he, way better. He looked fight. way better in this fight. Look great, but man. He, you know, he he when we talked to him, he said, you know, what he said, what's one of the differences? He says. Experience, yeah, which is one hundred percent true. I'm, I'm way more experienced, and I understand how how this fight's going to go. Yeah, boy, boy, he had that down right. John, I wonder though, how much of the effect that these Russian fighters are facing? Because neither one of them look good. Oh, no, we talk you about Nemkov, that. and you have Nikita. Neither one of them look good in their fights, and I just wonder how much of this this whole thing that's going on over there is affecting them and their their ability to train. You know, the mental state of them traveling around, how they're being looked at, how people are treating them. They have nothing to do with it. No, Mike, they're not part of it. So it's sad because I know that all athletes from Russia, they're all going through it right now. And they don't, they don't, they're not, they don't have anything to do with it. No. Which is, you know, it sucks for them. Um, next fight. Talk the one. Danny Sabatello and Jordan Oligo. The F bomb gangster. <laughs> Five of them. Five of them. Five. Thank God, man, I was, I was going to run out of hands right yeah. there. <laughs> John would have to start doing this. Yep, that's it. Oh, with the hand gestures. Oh, dude, oh man. Great. I mean, look, let's be honest. His fighting style is not the most exciting, but the trash talk that goes along with it. The speed in which he does the takedowns, the aggressiveness, all that stuff, the build-up to the fight, it kind of pumps me up. Okay, I will say, I actually, I love his style. And I love the fact that... You can't say that and then can't say the same thing about Cody. Or Colby. Colby Hold on. No, no, okay, and here's the difference. They remind me of each other, by the way. But here's the difference. Colby holds a position and he holds it well, especially he loves half guard. Yeah. And he'll sit there and he'll he'll just, you know, dink shot you away with that half guard position. Danny Sabatello 
Dude, he was slicing through the fucking guard of Jordan Lugo. He was passing at will. He was getting to side mount. He was getting himself into full mount. He was That's doing only because he's not good things. enough to control the position like Colby Covington. Like, how can you say that? I'm just. I, how I'm, can you say that? I'm just because <laughs> everyone thinks I'm a Kobe hater, so I have to like throw these in here just to make you this, just so people do realize I'm not a Kobe. I mean, I just everything that that Danny did in that fight, you got to look, man. First of all, oh, he fought right. I love the fact what what he was saying beforehand. Like, I have no problem. It's just like I said before, if a fighter attacks. The fighting style, the fighting heart, whatever it is of his opponent, go ahead, man. That's, yeah. that's part of this game. It's when they get, you know, past that and they start going into family stuff. You're, you're, you're stepping over the line. Yeah, yeah. Danny talked about Jarnell Lugo. He put him down, you know, saying that he's a guy that never fought anyone. No, he's no good. I don't care if he's undefeated. And that's okay. But then he went out and you know what? He did it. He walked the walk, man. He went out and he put it on him. And Jarnell Lugo had no answers for anything Danny was doing. He stopped one takedown at the beginning of that fight. I thought that was a good thing for him. I said, yeah. okay, now he knows he can do it. And now Danny knows I got to go after again. Danny did exactly what he was supposed to do. He went after again, got it. And man, he just put a whooping on him. And you know, yeah. he's playing it up to the crowd in the middle yeah. of the fight. He did everything. And then his fucking <laughs> the interview afterwards, you know, it's that person. He, he he's Joe Pecci. Yeah. He's Leo Getz. And now he's got the blonde hair like him too. And it's the you know, platinum blonde hair. And we oh, talked to him, man. talked to him about the blonde hair and stuff. And and he, you know, he, he just right away he started going after ego and saying you're next you're a bum i'm fucking way better than you i'm gonna fucking smash you too i love it it's the way it's supposed to be and then you know he's got the f-bombs on top of it because he cannot he cannot complete a sentence without throwing an f-bomb in there that's what makes him must watch tv (laughs) he's absolutely amazing like i think it's so funny what i liked it in terms of the way he fought is that he didn't get detoured by the fact that he didn't get the first two takedowns he shot didn't get it, shot again, didn't get it. Then he made the transition, grabbed around the waist, was able to swing him around, get him down. Then every takedown after that became easier. Easier, easier and easier. And then he started, like you said, passing guards, started going to three-quarter mount, started doing all Dude, those Dude, he put portions. on a clinic down there. Yes, he did, he did a great job. Um, what I will say is that if you, for young fighters, <clears throat> if you get the shot, if you go back and watch Danny, I think it was in the third, second, maybe the second round, he shoots, and he waits for Jordan Lugo to kind of sprawl. And like he lets Jordan Lugo get to like a front of headlock. And then he either arm drags him by or he pulls back out and then he gets on top of his head. Yeah. So he fakes the shot, but he fakes it so well that Lugo goes to the front Lugo. headlock. And he pulls back out and goes to the front headlock on Jordan Lugo. He did that two or three times. Two times. That he ended up then on the then after Lugo I, I commented on the one because it was like it was classic it was Dave beautiful. Schultz front headlock. It was, it was beautiful. Like, Damn, it's not nice. after he pulled out, he got on the front headlock. He let Lugo out of the front headlock. Lugo pulled up and stood upright. Boom, he hit the double. Yep. It was just textbook. It was beautifully done. Like he understood what he had to do. He's like, look, I'm not here to hang out, you know, um, and just ride you. I'm here to fucking make you work. And he made him work the whole fight. And to the point where Lugo just had no answers, man. And what I loved about the whole thing was that Lugo at the end, um, 
he realized when I talked to him, you know, I talked to him after the fight. He's like, he's like, I go back to the drawing board, man. He's like, I got a lot of things I got to work on. He wasn't upset at the fact. He's like, I wrestled, man. I got to work on my wrestling. I got to so, work on, you know, retaining my guard. I got to work on getting back to my feet. All those things. But I will say this is there is a good chance we're going to see Mr. Taco meet himself, Super Stotts. <laughs> Rafion Stotts and Danny Sabatello in the semifinals. Yeah. There is a good chance we're going to see that. And I'm telling you right now, it would be a travesty if Bellator didn't do a fucking 24-7 on those two guys. It would be fucking gold. a travesty. It would be gold, but it'd be a travesty if we missed that opportunity to do a 24-7 Because both guys are just fucking They are fucking hilarious. I mean, both of them. I mean, Rafael Stott's post-fight interview was amazing. Danny's post fight interview is amazing the lead up for both of these guys talking to each other there are videos on instagram both of them are going to be insane when they hit the when they hit instagram and and social media this whole week and then leading up to that fight if they do both get there danny sabatello has a good chance of beating higo he's got a really good chance he can wrestle you know the way he can wrestle and the way he chains his wrestling together yeah is very difficult to stop not that ego is the eagle's got power in his hands but he's a guy that he doesn't move as well no. as Jornel Lugo as far as footwork. Mm. He likes to plant his feet more, which sometimes makes the takedowns come easier. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a. Uh, yeah. I just look at it and say both guys can win, but Sabatello right now. Sabatello, when we talk about confidence all the time. Dude, the guy's confident. He believes in John, himself. he's not lacking that at all. <laughs> you know what it is? He's not, he believes he's not lacking. He's not lacking confidence. He, believe, he believes the camp that he comes from is yeah. the best. He believes the guys that he works out they with are, are pretty the good, fucking though. best and that they're fucking making him better. And he believes that you know he can outwork any fighter he goes in there against. And so, hey. Those coaches are studs, man. Mike Brown being, you oh, know. Mike Brown's Mike Brown. Brown. You got Dustin Poirier, who's not yeah. he's not really a coach, but he's always with yeah, a lot of the guys. There. He's part of King Mo, obviously. I mean, nope. like, you've got a lot of great fighters that are out of there. Um, Marcus Silvera has done a great yes. job and has really become, you talk about a guy that's really become a great coach. Learn how to, you know, because he knew how to fight, but it's hard. sometimes if you know how to fight, you don't know how to coach it. And that's he, true. And and he's that's done true. a good job because you, you can't you can't adjust people to your style. You need to adjust to their style. That's very true. And Whatever. he's done a great job with that. Yeah. Overall, though, Danny Sabatello, if you guys haven't checked him out on Instagram, you guys should. If you guys haven't checked out the Bellator uh, Instagram page, The you Italian should. gangster. The Italian gangster. I'm calling him the F-bomb gangster. Yeah, he's freaking awesome, man. He's awesome. All right. So next fight. Grant Neal and Christian Edwards. I mean... Uh, John, I had Grant Neal, man. Yeah. Well, you said from yeah. the beginning yeah. you thought Grant Neal was going to win. I, this is why. I thought I wasn't sure because Christian Edwards is such still a young fighter, extremely talented. I wasn't sure how he would handle coming off of his loss to Ben Parrish the way he lost. Now, Grant Neal lost also, but he lost a split decision to Alice Polizzi, which was a close fight. Could have went either way. Yep. I had Polizzi also winning, but it could have went either way. That's not something you just go You just go back to the drawing board and be like, hey, look, I got to just improve this little thing here, this little thing here. When you lose to someone like Ben Parrish, who then later went on and got mopped up by somebody else, that then becomes 
it bothers you even more because you're like, gosh, I could have beat that guy. I could have, I should have done this. I should have done that. It weighs on you mentally. And Christian Edwards, I think, went out there and showed he's got all the abilities. John, there's no doubt. He is really, really good. He's good on the feet. He's good on the ground. He's got good wrestling. He's got good top pressure. He just is lacking the experience. That's really what it comes down to. Now, when you compare the experience between him and Grant Neal, but Grant Neal to me has fought the better caliber of fighters. Alex Polizzi being one of them, now fighting Christian Edwards. He's fought the better caliber, only one or two better caliber fighters. But in terms of experience, Grant Neal's had a little bit of a harder road yep. than Christian Edwards. And it showed. And it showed. That's it. And that's the, that, was the, that was the knock um, that I would say. <clears throat> it's not even really a knock. It just comes with time. That's really what it comes with. He just needs a little bit more uh, grooming, and he needs a little bit more... Um, uh, confident, like really just confidence in everything he does. Yeah, I thought that it's funny because many times, you know, I'll talk about, you know, strength is not as important as speed and things like that. Grant Neal's strength, dude, he, he is a tank. And man, he, once he decided, I'm just going to, instead of, you know, even a blast double, it's mm-hmm. a football tackle. Yeah. He's running through him. So explosive. I mean. Fullback, Colorado State. Yep. And boy, it shows because when he decides to go and go forward, man, yeah. he explodes into him. I, I really thought Christian Edwards fought as well as he could fight when he was on the ground. Dude, he's trying everything he knows yeah. on how to get up. And you see him working hard to get there. And Grant, good basics, just kept him down at times. And I got a really good win. I give him credit, man. I thought it was a, a very hard-fought fight uh, for both guys. But Grant, you know, definitely just kept on stepping it up and getting better and better in the fight where Christian wasn't able to to meet that level. I'm good friends with Lorenzo Neal and he is fullback, no, yeah. Dude, just best fullback in football ever, I think. He reminds me, Grant Neal reminds me of him. Yeah. The way he's built, very, not, very similar. not like personality-wise no, or anything no, like that, no, but no. just very similar. <clears throat> Grant Neal has a little bit of that like uh potential serial killer look to him. <laughs> the way it's amazing. He's like so soft spoken. He's a fisherman. Super man. nice. And then, but he has that look to him like, to give you that. Look. I could kill yeah, you. Yeah. I could. <laughs> and he can fight. So, but no, uh, Lowe's a good friend of mine. And so it, it was just funny when I compare them and the explosiveness and their body frames and just being the way they are tanks. I'm like, yeah. you remind me of Lowe. Anyways. All right. So uh, that was Josh Hump's shameless uh, name drop. But um, that's enough. That's enough. So we're going to go on Next to. No. Oh, no. Let's go on to 270. Okay, no. Okay. I was, was, there, wasn't, there wasn't another fight before Yeah, that. there was. There was? Okay, oh, but never mind. Let's pass. Okay, pass. Move on to 279. I like where your mind's at today. All right. Bellator 279, Cyborg versus Blanco. All right. Let's start off at the top then. John, I didn't give her a chance. I didn't give her a chance. I, I thought she was going to fight a better fight. I didn't think she was going to fight this fight. I I saw I saw her afterwards. She was obviously upset. But when I talked to her down here, I said, "Look, I go. This was the best fight I've ever seen you fight ever. Oh yeah. Like she got hit with stuff, and she said, I don't care. She got hit with some. Balls I don't care. She got hit that push kick up the face, like five or six Money. times. She got hit with that. Five or six times she got hit with that. Oh, yeah. But she just shrugged it off and just went, kept going about her business. I would have liked to have seen. I know she left it all out there. I know it. And I'm I'm, be, I'm literally like critiquing this littlest, smiley, smallest things. I wanted to see her return. Every time Cyborg threw something, returned something back. Yeah. And there was moments where she could have and she didn't. I think that would have been a big, a big difference in the fight. Because Chris was throwing the head kick at Will and she was just blocking it and then not throwing anything back. She threw the leg kick at will, and she was just blocking it and not throwing anything back. If she would have thrown one or two things back, it could have ended the fight too. It could have went the opposite way. Like yeah. it could, it could, No, what I'm saying is, 
it could have got her in trouble yeah, as well. Yeah, that's what I said. Eh, but that's okay. the fight game. But I, I, she fought so damn good. All right, one of the most important things is your health. We are all about you living a long and luxurious life that is full of quality. Well, if you're a smoker, you're a vapor, you're not going to have that. It is a bad habit. and You should never have started in the beginning. But we have the ability for you to help with that hand-to-mouth habit to get rid of that smoking or vaping habit that you have. It is Fume, F-U-M. Fume is an incredible product that both Josh and I both use to make it to where at times we get a refreshing element of essential oils, all kinds of flavors, lemon, bliss, peppermint. I love the peppermint. peppermint. Bubbly lime. Bubbly lime, cherry, eggnog. All these different flavors that they have, even Invigorate, Conquer, Black Pepper, all of these things to help you get rid of the nasty habit you have of vaping or smoking. One of the best things about Fume is you can do it anywhere. You can do it in your home with your kids around because there is no smoke. There is no horrible things coming out that can also affect your kids. You can do it while you drive. You can do it on a plane. You can do it on a train because we're going to be on a train coming up yes, too. We are. And we could do it there. No problems. It is just essential oils. You're going to take the prominent, which is almost like, you know, the end of a, eh, it's the end of a filter, yes. but it's only wood. And then you're going to put that core into it. When you breathe it in, you're going to feel it. It goes into your sinus cavities. It makes you feel good. And you will get rid of that horrible, horrible habit of smoke or vape. You need to go to breathe fume. And when we say breathe fume, it's F-U-M com slash weighing in and use the weighing in promo code to get 10% off of your buy. We believe you will love this product as much as we do. What do you think? I love it because I've got nasal issues as you guys mostly talk about in the That's comment section. Yes, I am very nasally, but from all the years of being punched in the face, I mean, I've got a deviated septum and I've got some cauliflower in the other nostril, but it does help with my breathing. So it actually helps me at night when I sleep. And so I use that. I use fume right before I go to bed and sometimes before I do the podcast. And it does help with that. So go to breathefume.com slash in. Use our promo code in for that additional 10% off. I was I was thoroughly uh, she told us. impressed. She told us before the fight. She goes, yeah. look, I'm going to leave everything I have. She goes, she's going to have to kill me to get me out of there. I will not quit. Amen. Arlene. God bless you. You're you are a a woman of your word because you put everything you could into that fight. I agree with Josh. There was moments because there was the one moment where she hit Chris with a right hand, ah. and you could see it. It stunned Chris. Yeah, Chris was not ready for it. She got hit by it, and you could see. And I was like, "That's what you need to do. Just keep following. Always throw that." And it didn't. It didn't yeah. come that often. Yeah. Yep. And it was just not enough offensive output in the end. You know, near the end she was really trying to get that offensive output out there. But yeah. by then she'd taken a ton. She was of already damage. tired. Though, oh yeah, and kind of taken damage, a ton like... of damage, and you know, had been in a tough fight. But you got to give it to look, Chris Cyborg. I don't. <laughs> when she came into Bellator, I thought she really fought a really good fight against Julia Budd. And I thought her fight against Blenko the first time was brilliant. Yeah. Fought exactly the way 
I always want to see a fighter, although it may not be the most exciting for everyone, I want to see them evolve as the fighter and fight the smart fight that allows you to damage your opponent yep. and get them out of there without you being damaged. Because there's only so many times that you can go in there and have those kind of wars mm -hmm. that they don't add up and then start to detract from your actual performance yep. ability. And so when she won the first one with Blenko, I was like, that's exactly what she needs to do. You know, she fought with Leslie Smith again. Now, she didn't get Leslie out like she did when she was in the UFC in the first round. But she oh. didn't take any damage, really. She yeah. really fought a smart fight, controlled, stay away, you know, countered. And then she had the fight with Sinead. And, yeah, it was a first-round knockout. But she was sticking her chin out there. She got hit. She got clipped. And that's the ones you look. And that's what I thought Arlene needed to do is kind of bring her into that. Yeah. And so every time that Chris took the fight to the ground with Arlene, she's dominant. Yeah. Why are you not doing that more? It's Why are you not going back to the well? John. Yeah. Because it's fucking but exhausting. <laughs> That's why, John. Let me let me just be honest. Like, just it's exhausting. Fighting's exhausting. And to, look, and Chris, she's not known to be a wrestler. She's got some wrestling. No. She's got the pop blast double. You know, she's that person that likes to either berserk you yep. with big blows, big combinations, or she's the one that presses you to the fence and just knees you and elbows you, make space and blitz but, you, and then goes she, back to that. But she's changed that. If you think about this fight, she only did it one time. Well, because that was there. That was her whole fucking thing. Chris would start off, throw big shots trying to get you to move, get into you, get you against the cage, hit you with knees, hit you with elbows, give a little bit of separation, and bah, 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 yeah. come back into you again, and then do it all over again. Yeah. She, she had a hard time with the holding Arlene against the fence. Yeah. That was that was another issue. Like she didn't Arlene either was digging the underhooks or she was overhooking and underhook on one side. She was never really letting her make that space. Like with Julia Budd, Julia Budd let her do what she wanted at will. And that's what was that was the that was at her demise. Yeah. But she just was made the space, pop, 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 came back in. She was hitting her to the body, hitting her to the head with Arlene. As soon as she did that, Arlene circled out and came back to the center it's it's like trying to hit a moving target so yeah. she just didn't do it but i thought arlene fought a, a dog of a fight yeah, i thought did. chris cyborg um fought a great she, she fought, fought well. a great fight she fought a great Tough fight as well, as well. she fought a great fight she and landed some big shots and that that front that front push kick, front up, the kick was up the middle <sighs> yeah time but, and time again it was it was there uh but look i guess here's the thing though john who does she fight? Where do we go from here? That's exactly the whole thing. And here's the thing is I actually believe, I, and I was thinking this, I said like if Arlene was, cause there was talk that maybe Arlene would retire if she didn't win, da, da, da. but I was like, with a performance like that, <sighs> keep being selfish girl. Cause you fought your ass off. And the, the fact that she finally was able to not have to work two jobs, you know, take care of her kids, you know, who are in school, university, things like that. You know, she would actually focus on her career in terms of yeah. being a fighter. I'm like, wow, you look good. You look really good. Um, I was thinking, I was thinking to myself, where does Cyborg go from here? That's what I'm going to ask you. Where does she go from here? In your opinion, where does she go from this? Because she was talking about boxing, okay? Let's just be honest. She's not going to make a whole lot of money in boxing. She's making a lot of money in MMA. Yeah. So it's a, it's a nice thought process. Ain't going to fucking happen. Now she's she's had fucking Who would she fight? Muay Jake Thai Paul? fights. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they're close to the same Jake, size. Well, Jake Paul likes she's, to fight older people. He likes, likes to fight, fight older, older people, people that, are, that are smaller than him. And that are small. Okay. I think it's pretty okay. Clever, yeah. All right, but seriously, where do you see... I look at it this way. If you're Chris Cyborg, what do you have to prove? What do you have to prove? Uh, what do you mean? 
Did she stay in MMA or jump on going to boxing? No, in MMA. Nothing. I, I think, yeah, yeah, there is one thing. Do you retire? No, you don't. <clears throat> but this is what I think you should do. You do have one fight out there, one fight that everyone is talks about and keeps from you being considered that person in the featherweight division that is the greatest of all time. And it's Amanda Nunez. I'm not saying anything about the Kayla Harrison fight. There is that fight. And the PFL has the ability. I think Chris is, uh, that was the last fight on her contract. So she'll be a free agent. She could possibly be lulled over the PFL and have that fight with Kayla Harrison. Yeah. If, you know, Bellator doesn't resign her. But Bellator has the rights of match. Absolutely. They do the same as what the PFL did with Kayla. But there's one fight, and it's not the Kayla Harrison fight. It's Amanda Nunez. She's not going back to the UFC. Okay, but if you were her. She fucking hates Hold on. If you were her. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you feel about Dana White. And it doesn't matter how you feel about anything with the promotion. There's people in the promotion she liked. But if you go back there, all you need is one fight. I'll go back if you give me Amanda. Because that's a fight that they can sell. Right now in the featherweights. Hold she's on. Not in the featherweights. Right, she's not the champion. In the featherweights, Amanda's the, the champion. She's not oh, the champion right. in the bantamweights. <clears throat> in the featherweights, Amanda's the champion. And who else do you have that you can actually put against her? In the UFC, that's a righteous fight. In the featherweights, nobody. No one. So if you're the UFC, do you take that chance? Now here's the thing: if you're Chris Cyborg, you can take that and say, you know, afterwards, if you lose it, you can you know go on your way. If you win it, you can go on your way. You can't fight anymore. You're going to be under contract to him. But is there any fight out there that will cement her legacy like that rematch? I don't see it. <clears throat> Even the Kayla Harrison fight. I, I think, but I, uh, John, I kind of think that the fact that Juliana Pena beat her, no, it no, diminishes no. That, that rematch. Not in the featherweights. <coughs> I, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <coughs> I, I think that fight's been diminished. You lost to a 35 pounder. <laughs> what? Those I'm just being honest, but and it has nothing to do with it has nothing to do but with. But does Amanda fight better at thirty five mm. or forty five? I think she'd be better. I think she fights she better, fight better at forty five. Of course, yes, yeah, fat and happy. Yes, most most, most fighters fight better. At but fat and Amanda, happy. you're not fat. She's not fat. I hope you're happy. She's not. She don't happy. listen to Josh. She's, she's happy. She's, she's a, a cool individual. She's happy. Yes, she's and you do fantastic at one thirty five. <clears throat> she's not. She's not fat. But you know what I meant. Yeah. Um, did you just try to stick up for her because I, I just called the female fat? Yes, I did. It's fat. Okay. It's I'm all about You're fat and happy as well. I'm totally fat and happy. And I'm not sticking up for you. No, look, for me, I believe, I honestly believe for for her to cement her legacy. You want to talk about the um Amanda Nunes fight, but I think she needs to go to to PFL. Or if we can do I would rather have a cross promotion. Yeah. Meeting the fresh meat, someone who's undefeated. Someone who is walking through all the talent that she is, all the hype, all the stuff that goes into it, I think it's for her to fight Kayla Harrison. Wouldn't you like to see it? I'd like to see a co-promotion. I'd like to see a co-promotion with a, a ton of championship fights. Yeah, I think it'd be I a blast. But here's the thing. Is we know, I don't know if the PFL will do it, but the, the man, what is it, the CEO, he came out and said he'd be interested in doing it. Yeah, well, first off, you need to, and this is the problem. 
saying you're, you'd be interested and putting stuff out on social media mm-hmm. means absolutely squat. Yeah, that's true. If you're not picking up the phone and you know that they have the number of the guy that can actually make it happen with mm-hmm. them and they haven't called it. So is it really your intentions? No, I don't know. They just paid a lot of money for her. <clears throat> and oh, for I think Kayla, they made play. <clears throat> they paid a lot of money. Congratulations, Kayla. Yes, I'm very Kayla, happy. Very you. happy for you. Um, your kids will never have to work again. <laughs> That's a dang insane. That's good. Your kids will never probably ever have to work. But good job. <clears throat> On top of that, though, I think that I think that for Chris Cyborg to fight. Kayla Harrison, whether it's a co-promotion or she just goes to the PFL because there's no one left really outside of Arlene for her to fight here in this organization. So I would like to keep Chris. I would like Chris to stay here. But the issue is though, is that we don't have anyone and until we get a cross-promotion, why why empty it? Because look, if Chris goes there, they're going to have to pay her just as much, if not more. So why not just put the co-promotion together for one fight, call it good, and we ride off into the sunset making a ton of money off one show. That's really what it's going to come down to. Otherwise, Chris goes over there. They're going to have to pay her. They're paying already Kayla. They're going to have to pay her. That fight, they could probably run maybe three times depending on how close it is. If Chris knocks her out or if Kayla subs her in one round, there may not be a part too. No. Like, you know, they're going to force it eventually, but it's like it won't get as many well, views as the, the, the first fight. You know, the, the PFL is talking about they're going to have a pay-per-view. Their next... Uh, that Okay, that look that you just gave. Yeah, it's the one you had. Exactly. It was, because it's like, are you, are you crazy? Yeah. But they're talking about their championship round. Are they going to pre-record the pay-per-view? So oh, I can make some money? that was cheap. That <laughs> so was I can make cheap. some money? That was cheap. <laughs> I'm interested. But, that's going to cause a lot of problems as well. But that was a mistake. That yeah, was that's going to be a, a mistake. Thing. But they're, they're talking about a pay-per-view. That championship run will not do a pay-per-view like... Kayla versus Chris. Kayla versus Chris could be a pay-per-view. That yeah. could be a pay-per-view. People would buy it because they're interested. It still wouldn't in that. break. It still wouldn't break two hundred thousand views. Uh, I, I I do think it would be close. It would be. Cl- I didn't say break. It, it'd be. I say it'd be between one fifty and two fifty, which is not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. <clears throat> it depends on who else they put on the card. Yeah, of course. Just the two of them is not. You'd have to have. But you could put just the two of them. Or you could put all of the PFL's championship rounds, mm-hmm. and those championship rounds won't do fucking half of what Chris and Puck and Nikhil will do. Depends Let's be honest. On, yeah. <clears throat> Not I, look, if they were to stock that pay-per-view properly, if they did Kayla and Chris as the main, See, this and is then my you point. did, and then you did, you have to have Ray Cooper on there. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah you yeah. have to have Ray Cooper on there. He's he's. Most, one of the most exciting fights. So if you took Ray Cooper and put Ray Cooper against either one of two, mm-hmm. well, one of three, excuse me, Yaroslav Amazov. Yeah. Undefeated. Right? Yeah. Or put him against the winner of MVP and Storley. Now you're talking more. Okay, now let's go and we'll just yeah. do another one. Let's go with the featherweights, or let's go with the. I don't say bantamweights because I don't. I don't. Mm. Do does PFL have bantamweights? I don't think so. I don't know. It's close. But or you could go. You know, take their fucking middleweight champion, put them against Gegard. Yeah. Come on. That now is starting to get interesting. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, I don't. I don't really want to see champion versus champion. Just I do. Both promotions end up hurting from from that. I don't if, think so. If, if a champion loses, you know, I think both promotions end up losing. 
Well, you gotta put their best, put the most action-packed fights, fights that people want to see without being champions. Okay, I've, I've said that for the longest time. So that okay, then don't. I, that's my that was my pitch to the UFC. Like, hey, it doesn't have to be champion versus. So champion. you can't you can't put Ray Cooper in there because he's their champion. Yeah, that's true. So. But you can have who's that other, the Russian kid that he he beat, he knocked out. Oh, Mikhailov, not Mikhailov. Um, Magomed Karamov. Magomed Karamov. Yeah, he was. Oh, he's good. He is good. That guy's good. So put him against Douglas Lima. <laughs> That would be a fun fight. See? I'd take that. There I'd take that. Go. Yeah, I would take that. Ooh. Anyways, See, look, we're, we're doing a wish list here right now, and we're getting off track. All right, we're off track of the thing. Okay. So, anyways, good win by Chris. Let's go to the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Superstats. Raphael Superstats was getting his ass kicked for okay. two Hey, so. thank you very much, because I had <laughs> I had Juan Archuleta up. He, Juan Archuleta looked fantastic. fantastic. I was telling uh, his manager, Tiki, and when I ran into him after, I was like, I've, I've never seen Juan look that good. Juan looked phenomenal. I've never seen him look that good. He's had movement. He's out. His wrestling was up. His wrestling was good. His, his speed was his up. His speed was up. Everything was on. He was point. touching Rafion with up, down, into the body, back to yeah. the head. Rafion was confused. Yeah, yeah, and that's why. And he was confused by the wrestling because he didn't think anyone would come out there and try to out wrestle him. Oh, and, and he did some nice wizarding in the air, too, oh, by yeah. the way. Oh. Dude, the one time he had him up, it, it almost reminded me of Matthews GSP. Nope. Oh. Negative. Your man, Josh Koscheck versus GSP. Uh, Josh Koscheck, deep double, out doing the fight, has him up about five feet in the air, and GSP broom, right to his feet. Yeah, but the Matt Hughes GSP one was just as good, if not better. I don't think so. Where Hughes or GSP switched from one side of the wizard oh, I to the other what he side did. of the wizard in the air. Oh, that's what he did to and fucking didn't just take him down. He's got him in a double. There are pictures of him this high up in the air, flat, it wasn't, horizontal. He wasn't that high. It, <laughs> It wasn't that. <laughs> I've got the. Thing. It was. It was. Uh. Yeah. I do remember that takedown though. I do remember. The, That's the, it. Sorry. Not the okay, takedown. I'm, I'm done. I'm gonna. Not be, the takedown. Pulling up a photo. I've got um. You. But Rafael Stotts' head was led us some great straight lefts. Has some good. Was having some good action, <clears throat> but was getting outpointed. Juan Archuleta yes, was, was picking him apart. Was getting the takedowns, controlling the top position, putting good pressure. Was landing combinations. The one thing that Rafael needs to change. Or not change, but he needs to make an improvement on is he needs to throw more than just one and two. Yeah. He got into the mix, he threw his one, two, and then Juan would hit him with three and four because Juan throws in combinations. That's right. When you think about like guys like TJ Dillashaw or Cub Swanson, they don't just throw the one, two, they throw three, four, sometimes five and six. And so that's where Juan was getting the win of that. <clears throat> I don't know why he dipped his head, I don't know what he was doing, but man. Rafael Stotts hit him with that, that knee to the head, which was more of a kick than just where, where he uh, he ended up hitting his 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 knee on the way down. Just imp it was very impressive on how Stotts was able to compose himself, keep himself still in the fight, but he was losing that fight. Yeah, yeah. I I had him down in the fight. The, the second round, right at the end though, when he gets to, uh, Josh, I mean. Uh, Juan gets in on the fucking the takedown. Yeah. And Rafael starts hitting him with elbows. It was right in front of me. Those elbows were hard. 
More than that. And then you looked at his head afterwards. Oh, he oh. had mark, 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 mark. It was like, yeah, that. And then, so it almost swung it over. I still gave it to Juan, but yeah, yeah those those elbows were telling. And then the next round, the knee hit, and you know it was a kick, mm-hmm. but the knee is what hit, and they put him down. And I know Juan was saying he wasn't out, but he definitely went. At one point, you saw him, yeah, yeah. go, and then he got hit again. It kind of brought him back. <laughs> so, good win. Good win for uh, good stoppage. Yes, that was, was Beltran. Good, that was a good stoppage. That was Beltran. Yeah, it was, but it was so. a good stoppage, which is it's not easy to do after all the fucking negative shit the night before. Yeah. Just one night, you could tell it affected him. Sure I, it does. He walked up to me that earlier in the uh, yesterday's fights, and I was like, "Shake it off, man." I go, "It's a new night." New fights, get together. He's like, I got it, I got it, I'm good. But yeah, you can tell it was on his mind. All right, next fight, Dave. <clears throat> All right, next fight, Justine Kish and Elimelay McFarlane. Uh, Elimelay just uh, a long time off, long layoff. She looked a little slower. She just didn't didn't come out with the way that she normally comes out when it comes to this, uh, comes to fighting here in Hawaii. And Justine Kish just... Kind of just muscled her around a little bit. That's exactly what she did. Kind of. She was physically stronger. Yeah. Physically able to keep herself from being put on the ground in certain situations. Physically able to get herself to the top position mm-hmm. in some of those scrambles. And I'm just going to say it. There was a fire that was missing. Yeah. Out of Alimla. There just Something. wasn't that fire. There wasn't that tenacity that she brought before. It just wasn't there. Yeah. Something and, was and you could see it. And sometimes, you know, it only takes one fight for people to change and that confidence to kind of go away and not be sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the fight. It really showed that the the loss and the layoff, you know, we call it cage corrosion. I think cage corrosion did have an effect on Lee in this one. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, I don't. It also, to wonder if she still has the spark. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot. She's she's done a lot in her short career, but you know, knee injuries and it does start. To she does that. Him. She's got a big, real problem. <clears throat> she got a knee issue, you know, a very bad one, and then just whether she wants to keep. She you know she wasn't able to run for this camp, and it showed. I think a little bit. She didn't have that output that she normally has in the third round. And uh, the aggressiveness wasn't there. And so um, it's one thing to go out there and feel like your body's in shape. But it's another thing to go out there and feel like you're fight ready in that third round. And she didn't seem fight ready in that third round. But a gutsy performance by her, but came up short. Uh, next fight. Justine definitely deserved to win that yeah. fight. Uh, Patrick Mix and Kyoji Horiguchi. Yeah. Look, I had... All but kind of counted Patchy Mix out on this fight. And the only person who didn't, I think, was him. Because he came out. You changed your mind when we got here. Oh, you liar. <laughs> so he 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 just fought a good fight. He did what he got to do. And that first round was a 10-8 round, which I think kind of helped solidify him after that. Because then he... he wasn't on the judges' scorecards. It wasn't? Nope. Oh, I thought it was going to be... 48-47, I think, across the board. Okay, okay. I don't think the fight was that close. He won. He And this thing, all the hype of Horiguchi after his loss, even though all the hype coming into fight Pettis, the way he dominated Pettis... And then the way he lost, and then coming back, like, oh, he's just, he's pretty much just gonna run through the tournament until he gets back to Pettis. And now he's out in the first round. Out in the first round. <clears throat> and, it, you know, I'm. If you're Dan we, Lambert, what's going through your mind? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan Lambert was there too. The Juan Archuleta fight taught Patchy Mix a lesson because he did not get frustrated. Yeah. In the Juan Archuleta, he got Archuleta's back. He wasn't able to finish. And then he started ending up fighting 
want Archuleta's fight. He mm -hmm. tried to, uh, instead of going and continuing on, getting him to take him to the ground, getting good positions and going for submissions or ground pound, he started, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to knock you out. A young fighter's mistake. Mm -hmm. And he didn't make the same mistake against Horiguchi. Yeah. At times, he started chasing in the fight, and then you saw him kind of <clears throat> slow down. You could hear the call from his corner saying, slow down. It's okay. Don't chase. Don't yeah. chase him. And he would slow himself down, <clears throat> and it's just the maturity as a fighter. You're starting to see it a little bit. Um, you know, Apache believes that if he gets anybody to the ground, he's going to submit him. And that's a good belief, but sometimes it doesn't happen. It's yeah. not easy at times. And uh, he's just got to continue on with it. I'm just going to make you work, and I'm going to put you in bad positions. And when I get these positions, I'm going to work for my submissions. But the one thing I do think he needs to do when he gets the back, he needs to land more shots. Yeah. Instead of, you know, he's always looking for that submission, and that's good. And you can hold arms, and you can hold wrists, and you can do things. But if you get a free hand at time, instead of digging it for the submission, dig it for a couple of shots yeah. before, and then go for that submission. <clears throat> Open them up and make him have to stop those shots that's the only critique i can really give him off of. he didn't do that enough but i thought he fought a actually a, a, a masterful fight against a guy that is frustrating to no end as far as his ability he's fast yeah he's in and out and you know he can make you look bad just with his speed but he has power it does you know and he he touched patchy a couple times patchy's got a good chin <clears throat> Yeah, he, he does found that rattled. out in the Juan Archuleta fight. Exactly, he doesn't get rattled, and so, you know, he's moving on in the tournament here. It's a it's a good uh, win by him. He's got a good chance of going all the way. I, he's got a good chance of being in the finals for sure. Because honestly, when you look at the when you look at that side of the bracket, Magomed Magomedov is going to fight uh, Barzola. And if Magomed wins, that puts him right into the position where he wants to be. He's like, you just want to take me down. Yeah. Cool. I'm cool with being on bottom. That's exactly. He's fine with being there. He'll get the sweeps. He'll get his back, whatever it is. And we've seen Magomed Magomedov, he sometimes will give his back because he thinks he can get out of those positions yep. like he did with Rafian Stotts and like he did with uh, Matos when he first fought Matos. Yep. Same thing. Matos almost caught him. Yeah. The fight that I – and this is what's crazy is Barzola is going to pose an issue for him. Because conditioning-wise, the ability to scramble, the ability never to settle, <clears throat> the, it's hard to be a grappler and fight at a very fast pace because you're constantly digging yeah. for submissions. You're constantly using your muscle retention, all of those things. Barzola is never letting you settle, never letting you rest, never letting you constantly make you work. I'm interested to see how Barzola is going to do against Magomedov. I think he gives him problems. I really do. I think that you know, in the beginning, Magomed's going to be taking him down and controlling a lot of it does, but he's going to make him work past that comfort zone. Yeah. And it's uh, going to be. Uh... It's going to be. You know, he's grappling centric. He does do some things in the stand up. He likes the stand up and stuff, but pushing the pace on him is the way to you know get him to that mm. point. Barzola's the guy that can do that. Yeah. And at five rounds. <clears throat> I would never want to fight Barzola for yeah. five rounds. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Hey, let's give a little honorable mentions to some people that fought on the card. But uh, Sumika, Sumiko Inaba. Sumiko Inaba. She fought a great fight. She had a great knockout. Big I knockout. think she's got three knockouts, one submission right now under the Bellator banner. Nope. I believe it's it, – I know it's three knockouts, but then one, one of them is a submission. She's yeah. got four finishes. So four finishes. the other one's got – She got four finishes total. <clears throat> yeah, so four finishes total. Phenomenal fighter. I, would, I, I swear I thought she was – and I'm not – not right. I thought she was younger. No. She's yeah. like 30 – how old is she? Both. She's 30, 31? 30, 30. 
31, 31. She looks like she's like 23. Oh yeah, she does. She <laughs> looks like she's 18. Like, yeah, I was like, what the heck? No, but uh, she's she's got uh, she fought a good fight. Uh, Yancy Medeiros was able to fight here in Hawaii. Damn, that was good. Hasn't fought here since. Yancy looked good. Because he looked good. His left hand was the difference in that fight. You know, look at him and Emmanuel. Emmanuel Sanchez fought a tough ass fight. Going up in weight, by the way. Going up in weight to face Yancy yeah. and. Going again in a hostile territory because yeah. this is Yancey's first fight since 2013 in yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. He was definitely the crowd favorite, which he should have been. Yeah. They at time, you know, they finally at the end they point to the middle and they start throwing down and stuff, and you look and you go, Yeah, that's a Hawaiian fight yeah. in Hawaii with a crazy ass Mexican in Manuel Sanchez. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was and you know, Yancey deserved the win. I thought the left hand, his his jab was money yeah at times he i mean because it, it was a stiff jab too man mm -hmm. it had power on it and uh emmanuel was getting to him a couple times and you saw him getting a little bit tired at times but yeah. it was just a back and forth brawl that was fun to watch great fight by both guys mm -hmm. uh bobby king had a good performance against keone diggs that really good performance tough fight for both fighters uh keone had fight. a real hard time finding him yeah Yep. The movement. Well, a lot of it has to do with also, too, you can't just throw ones and twos. You got to sometimes throw that three, even if you don't yeah. think it's going to land, because some majority of the time it will land. You just got to believe and throw it. That's the hardest part. <clears throat> but when you think it's going to put you out of position mm -hmm. and you don't want to get hit by the guy, that's why you don't throw it. Yeah, that's true. But it's a, uh, I thought Bobby King, he's really learned a lot mm -hmm. from Dwayne Ludwig. Is the guy that's his coach, and his stand-up has improved so much. And he is elusive; he's hard to hit. You think he's within range, and you're throwing the shot, and it's missing by that much. Yeah. And uh, he did a really nice job. That's two big wins in a row for him. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. what other fighters are on that undercard there? Uh, that you want to give, just give out an honorable message to. <laughs> Trying, I'm trying to remember which one I want. I'm to just say being honest. Oh, oh, Justin Gonzalez. Oh, Justin good Gonzalez fight against Kamaka. Kai Kamaka. Good fight. Man, that was a good fight. I thought <clears throat> I had that even going into the last round. Yeah. I thought Kai Kamaka, I don't know what happened. He was not throwing his right hand. Hmm. He stopped throwing his right hand almost midway through the second. And I was like, he had to hurt his hand. I don't know if he did or not, but he became a one-sided. He was throwing his left. He would throw a hook. He would mm -hmm. throw the jab. He wouldn't throw the right hand. He did every now and then very seldom. So I yeah. don't know if he had a hand injury, but Justin Gonzalez turned, stepped it up into that third round. He really started throwing a lot of kicks. A lot of good things happened. And, uh, you know, went for his wrestling. Kaikamaka did a great job of uh, denying a lot of it. Mm -hmm. That was a that was a great battle. Yeah, uh, Gonzalez is tough, man. Good yeah, fighter. Kamaka only got uh, one loss. Yeah, Kamaka coming up short, but he, he Kamaka finds himself in these positions where the fights are close. Yep, and you got to do a little bit more to win those fights because he's got all the ability. We've I've, I've constantly talked about how good he is. Good things about he him, just yeah. needs to just get over that hump. I don't know what to do. I don't. I don't know. There's not much you can say. He's got to do it himself. And again, <clears throat> you look at. I'm serious. If you go back and watch that fight, he becomes a one fucking sided fighter. Mm. He doesn't throw his right hand, and no it's problem. like, why are you not throwing it? Again, maybe he did hurt it. I don't know, but it sure seemed like it. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. And like I said, we will give you guys a full preview on the UFC card uh, once we both get home and get a chance to watch the whole card. Uh, that'll come on our midweek show. We'll have some news as well. Uh, Park, get Dave. Give us one news thing that we can talk about real quick. Which one do you want to talk about? 
All right, we'll keep it the theme of Bellator since this was a Bellator heavy weekend. Um, Scott Coker said that he thinks Patricio Pitbull and AJ McKee three is is the next fight um, as opposed to anything else for for that. Well, when I talked to I talked to AJ yesterday, we're at uh, mid show, and I said, "Hey, are you going to what's the deal? Are you done with forty five? He's like, "No, I'm going to stay for that rematch." I'm like, "All right." So if that's the case, if he's going to stay at forty five, and he's like, "I'm going to get that one back." And, uh, and he didn't seem he didn't seem bothered by the decision. He's like, yeah, whatever. When I talk, he's like, yeah. She's like, yeah. It was, it was upsetting, but what am I gonna do? He's like, it's late. It's over now. So they're gonna they're gonna run it back. I mean, it makes sense. It really does. I was hoping to see maybe Pico and Mads Brunel or Pico and Patricio, but if if AJ's gonna stay, I mean, honestly, it makes sense. You got you got to do the third. You can't you can't bypass Adam Borch. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. No, no. But we can see that rematch though between Adam Borch and and, and you're good. Uh, but AJ is going to stay. Now you're going to make Borch fight again. What's up to Borch? Yeah, that's tough, man. That's, that poor kid's been waiting money. around for a while. Yeah, poor kid's been waiting. Around. I don't think he wants that Pico fight. He shouldn't. <laughs> I don't think anybody. I'll wants tell you that. what. Off of the way he performed in his last fight, he was fantastic. I don't think people. I don't think anybody wants that fight. Yeah, a lot of people don't want that fight. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. But. I look at it, you know, I'm glad AJ had that uh, mentality because look at if you if you go back and you watch the fight, he left opportunities there. He he left it in the hands of the judges as far as yeah. sometimes you didn't do enough to to tell to show them, yeah, I, I won this round. Yeah. You know, and it's uh you gotta learn from it and stuff. Yeah, they super young fighter. Super young. A, extremely like talented, extremely talented, just made a mistake. You know, he let the fight get away from him in terms of not not doing what he knows he could have done. You know, you've got to leave it all out there. And he knows he didn't leave it all out there. He knows that. And so, hey, that's what happens. You know, you leave it in the, in the hands of the judges. That's what you're going to get. But it is what it is. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up our talk. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show um, from my hotel room. <laughs> Last time, it was John's hotel room. So, um no, we don't sleep in the same room, guys. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Um, <clears throat> I don't think Miss McCarthy would have liked that. Nope. So, <laughs> but overall, we want to thank you guys. I know this was a, a heavy, uh, heavy show in terms of Bellator and a little bit of the Tyson, uh, Tyson, Fury, Tyson Fury talk. A bit of there was a lot going on this week, and we had the, with all the travel and everything. The next two weeks is going to be very. We're going to be home for a week, film some shows while we're there, but. Two weeks after that, the whole first two weeks of May, we are going to be on the road, Paris and London. So the shows may have to drop at different times. So make sure you hit that little bell. But they'll be coming to you from hotel rooms like this. Yeah, they'll be coming from the hotel rooms. Um, Make sure you guys hit that little bell so you guys know when the show drops, the notification bell. And uh, hit the subscribe button as well. Share our content to everyone. And we want to thank you guys. Go to wayninpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch as well uh, that's available there. We've got sweaters, hoodies, long sleeves, short sleeves, new shirts that are up. The and still, hashtag and still is up as well. And uh, the hindsight is 50-50. I could have used that because I... I used that the other day. Hindsight mm-hmm. is 50-50. I love it. Hopefully in this show, you realize we are actually sitting next to each other. Yes. The, the, curtain, the, yeah, curtain. the curtain in the middle, yeah. I love so. that. That was kind of funny. Yeah. That's so. funny. <laughs> All right, guys. I want to thank you guys. And John, take us away. Everyone out there, man. Hope you enjoyed the weekend as much as we did. There was a lot of fights. A lot more coming up. I hope you watch. And we will see you.